And today on Vinci Black Rose. The point is after a volcanic eruption, the soil is extremely rich. And we've seen this after 1979 eruption. Uh, there was a period of maybe, let's say, one week when things just looked gray everywhere, but with some rainfall. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon, I, Mr. Rose. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you hearing me clearly? Oh, I'm hearing you crystal clear. Crystal clear. I got so I happy got, to hear your voice. Mr. Rose, I'm, I can call you Sean. Because I know you personally for for a fairly fairly number of years, we're just gonna have a chat. Say, Vincent, you know our piece of paradise that we love and adore so much yeah. is under. So much pressure now. Well, how about seeing that we're going to talk firstly about the volcano, that we begin by letting people know there are some 32 islands and keys that make up St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Uh, we, are, we are nestled there in the Eastern Caribbean between Barbados to our east and uh, St. Lucia to our north and Grenada to our south. So we are not very far from the Central American regions of uh, Venezuela and uh, Colombia and all of, all of those other countries, Belize and so on. Um, Guyana, which also sits on that side, is considered Caribbean. Um, but in terms of the geographic space, that's where you find us. And... St. Vincent and the Grenadines, we have, of course, some of the most beautiful and if not the most beautiful islands in the entire Caribbean chain, and nine of which are inhabited, um, including, of course, the mainland, St. Vincent, the volcano, the home of the volcanoes um, in St. Vincent and the Grenadines predominantly, but there is also an underwater volcano in the Grenadines, closer to Grenada called Kikum Jenny, and that that too is active. And if ever Kikum Jenny rises above the ocean, we will be having a completely different conversation about the Caribbean as we know it now. Uh, just just think, just consider low-lying areas, islands with peaks not higher than four thousand and five thousand feet all of the cities and towns and most of the inhabited areas are along the sea coast and so forth and then consider an underwater volcano like kikam jenny rising up and creating tsunami waves stretching across the caribbean that i have read and can understand will reach as far as florida um, in the north and certainly venezuela being so close by and all those other countries would definitely feel the impact of it. Some years ago, there was a, a hurricane in the in the Caribbean waters called um, Lenny, and that triggered some waves that reached. It was closer to the Central American uh, countries, and that triggered waves reaching the western coast of most of the Caribbean islands, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines, Grenada, and caused havoc. And people who at the time thought that we were 
so far away from Central America realized how close it was. In fact, whenever a hurricane passes through the Eastern Caribbean, we've seen them, whether Matthew or whatever, whichever one of them, um, we've seen the, the passage of, um, of um, the devastative storms in 2017, 2018, uh, that wreaked havoc on several Caribbean islands, reaching as far as the U.S., um, the moment they leave the Southern Caribbean, in a very short space of time, two days, three days, sometimes less than three days, certainly within a two-day period, a 48-hour period, they are already uh, impacting Puerto Rico, Cuba, the Florida regions, all in the in the um, the Mexico, the Panhandle area, and so forth. So the Gulf of Mexico and, and that area. So clearly, the region may appear to be, uh, the islands may appear to be uh, uh, some great distance from each other, looking at them geographically. But when modern nature is at work, the entire region, the entire Americas, as, as our region was uh, originally referred to, meaning North America, South and Central America, inclusive of the Caribbean, all feel the impact within a very short space of time. And so, so St. Vincent and the Grenadines is certainly a part of a very interesting mix with respect to the geographic location and the impact that uh, rising water levels globally, uh, rising sea levels, you know, from a globalization conversational perspective is having on our islands, degradation of coastlines and so forth. But certainly on a more dramatic side, with respect to hurricanes and potential tsunamis and volcanoes and earthquakes, we all are in the same boat, irrespective of how beautiful or the size, the population density and so forth of our respective islands. And I know many people love the idea of Mustique and Bekwe and, and, and those are the islands, Melba. Hello, everyone. My name is Melba De Silva, CEO of Melty Properties, Inc. We are a company committed to building refined, luxurious, and smart condominiums located in St. Vincent and Grenadines, the gem of the Caribbean. Melty Properties has combined a passion for interior design, business acumen, and expertise in the field of hospitality and project management to bring to fruition this unique vacation home experience, Green Rocks, a luxury boutique condominium. Green Rocks is a six-unit luxury boutique complex located in the Villa Beach area within close proximity to the beach, restaurants, nightlife, and a short drive to the downtown core. The lock and leave policy allows you to come and go at your leisure. The executive residence has a remarkable view of Kanash Beach, popularly known as White Sand Beach, and as far as the Grandines Islands on a clear day. Green Rocks homeowners may customize and satisfy all their needs while visiting. We pride ourselves in offering our residents and their guests exemplary service. Our standards of excellence, married to the delights of the beautiful St. Vincent and the Grenadines, will refresh and recharge you. Visit us at www.greenox.net. Thank you for listening. I know that I'm not far from the beach. Uh, it is on a, on a hill, but if people want to 
visit, invest right. uh, in the island of St. Vincent and the Grenadine, feel assured because it is documented that it is on the lower tip of the hurricane path. Let's just talk about that in terms right. of disasters and disaster yes. preparedness. Historically, it has shown that they have a little bit been sheltered from these yes. impacts of these major hurricanes that have has mm-hmm. happened. Correct. Yes. But when we talk about volcano uh, activity, like what what is happening right now in St. Vincent and in, in Monster, like where St. Vincent Main Island is sits and, and, and the impact of what could potentially happen, how are you how are you supposed to feel secure when you hear all of this going on? Well, that's interesting. And um, I'm going to try to tie it in, tie in a few things. Because the Category 5 hurricane, for example, of 2017 in September, that literally um, leveled islands like Portola, BVI, and others around it, and, uh, you know, Bahamas, Bermuda areas, um, didn't at all have that kind of impact on St. Vincent and the Grenadines, as you were indicating. And several other hurricanes, in fact, seem to have brushed the sides of St. Vincent and continued. But we have had some major, um, we've been impacted significantly by, by some, some major weather events. Like we had a we had a, a 2013 flood, Christmas Eve floods, where an unbelievable number, uh, amount of rainfall fell in a very short space of time and literally flooded the, the ravines and rivers and gullies and so on of the island. And St. Vincent and the Grandines being volcanic, St. Vincent the mainland in particular, being a volcanic island, being very mountainous, lends itself to easy flooding in the in the event of heavy rainfall on any normal day. And uh, what we saw in December 2013 was a cause for concern for many people because uh, anyone who lived close to rivers and, and gullies and so forth sought to either relocate or beef up their, um, their, 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 their security in terms of making sure that they're not prone to flooding should the events reoccur at some point. But those people seem, those events, people seem very comfortable and have been very comfortable living with because I have never really felt um, traumatized by heavy rainfall or what have you in St. Vincent and the Grenadines either. There are some areas where I, I do believe people ought not to, 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 to be allowed to construct homes simply because you can naturally you can easily observe you, are, you would be in harm's way if there is a gush of water cascading from the mountainsides. But with, with, uh, with respect to the volcano, it's a different conversation because the volcano is a, a blessing and a curse to, to many. For me, it's a blessing. To some, it's a curse. Some people don't want to live there anymore because they say that volcano could decimate the island and we may, we may see a situation like Montserrat. But Montserrat is different, Melba, because Montserrat, Plymouth, the city of Montserrat, was literally right underneath the volcano. The vo- La Souffrain St. Vincent is situated north of the island, the extreme north of the island. There are communities at the foothills, around the foothills of the volcano in the north of the island that has historical connotations, really, or rather explanations, because people didn't go and live there simply because they wanted to live so close to the volcano. 
that happened after the the people from Britain, the exports of thievery and, and stealing other people's lands and so on, went into St. Vincent and the Grenadines in the 17 and 1800s and fought against the indigenous community, the indigenous people who were of a mixed descent by the time, because there were people of African descent and people of uh, Amerindian descent, to use those terms, makes it easy for the conversation, much easier. And they were referred to as Kalinago, and some refer to them as Garifuna today. The fact of the matter is they were the indigenous people of the island at the time, and the British went in and saw an opportunity to uh, colonize, to, to culti cultivate, to grow cotton, sugarcane, and so forth, to enrich themselves and to advance their own societies back up there in, in Bristol and, and, and Buckingham and wherever else they, they, they were from. And in so doing, after they defeated the indigenous uh, residents, some of whom were exiled to Rotan and off, again, Central American region in Belize and those areas, they drove the, the remainder of the people on the island to the very extremes, and they sent them in those in, inhospitable areas closer to the volcano. But as time progressed, even the very colonizers would go and cultivate lands in those areas because along the, foot, the foothills, you find arable, very rich soil, arable lands with very rich soil, and also relatively flat. So as the pyroclastic flows from the volcano cascaded down the mountainsides, or the size of the volcano over time, it created these lovely looking features that makes it easy to, to engage in cultivation. And certainly you, the, 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 the yield would have been much better as time progresses. of course. You have to add more fertilizers and so on. But and don't forget to visit us at www.greenrocks.net where life is worth living on the rocks. And the volcanoes, as in our case, are responsible for the creation of the islands that we see, those beautiful islands that we see that we love so much. So to me, Melba, the volcanoes will continue to build. They may very well destroy in some cases, as we've seen in Montserrat, but it's also part of the building process. In Montserrat, however, the people of Plymouth couldn't continue living at the foothills of the volcano. Montserrat, of course, being much smaller than St. Vincent. It's like the island of Nevis. Nevis is a volcano. You know? Think it's Nevis? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you live on Nevis, you have to remove yourself from Nevis and go to St. Kitts if the volcano that is Nevis decides to erupt because there is very little room there for you to escape the wrath of the volcano, the pyroclastic flows, the ashfall and boulder and pebbles and so forth that comes out in an explosive eruption. So we have the green, yellow orange and red zones right. that are indicated on the map. All right. Thankfully, where my investment property is, it's in, You're the, in green the green zone. zone in yep. the green zone, in the safe zone. You're Although, in the extreme green zone. Extreme green zone. Green Rocks is safe out in the villa area. Yeah, Green Rocks is in green, in the green zone. In the green zone. <laughs> yes. Um, but those in the Red and orange zones, fancy going, you know, yes. um, the windward side, countryside, as they would say, yeah. all stretching back to, I would say, as low as as much as Trumaca, I believe. 
uh, is in the orange zone when I was looking at right. the map. Right. These are some right. very beautiful areas. Actually, areas beautiful. where I regularly enjoyed venturing out on a right. Sunday to just relax. Yes, you know, we're talking lovely about scenic drive or... Salt mm, pond. Yep. Oh, yeah, salt pond. Going uh-huh. down those hundreds of steps and then being yes. in front of you, these views of these marvelous pools, ma- God-made pools. Well, now that we have in the conversation, you, you can say that God used the volcano to make those pools that you were enjoying from there. Because yes. just imagine the impact of the pyroclastic flows from, from, a, from past eruptions that impacted the sea, or rather came into contact with the sea, you know, gushed into the sea, hot lava coming down the mountain sides, gushed through the mountain regions there of Oya, and crashed into the sea. And that's the result. Of course, weathering and what have you would have helped to reshape it over time. But the point is, if there is an explosive eruption now and we see magma or um, pyroclastic flows going down to the sides on the leeward end to what is called Larakai uh, Bay, we would see a similar result right now where, you know, the lava come into contact with the sea and, and, and so forth and may very well create additional land, continue the building process. I, I understand what you're saying. Everybody has their perspective on this for sure. What could potentially happen yes. and what could potentially be an end result as you know, yes. if we do have that explosive eruption, which we're praying that does not happen. I've been notified, I've been informed that there has been similar activity in the past since 1979. Not to this extreme, no. but there has been some activity. Is this correct? Yes, you- the, the activity has been subtle. Um, I do recall, first of all, it has, because a volcano is an act, volcano and was never dormant as some people have suggested and given the power of the volcano as the volcanologists and other people have repeatedly stated it they've continually monitored it very closely so at one point it was it, it was easy to observe the body of water in the crater you know if you made a trip up there you would see in the crater, this body of water. The water, the, the water was there prior to '79, and then it, it disappeared for a period of time um, the, during the eruption. It may have helped to reduce the impact of the, the pyroclastic flows and the eruption itself. Maybe the water in the crater at the time helped to cool what was happening. So there may have been, very well been an effusive eruption prior to '79, as in just before, because we know it began to erupt effusively in 71. Then there was heightened activity in 72. And then 79, you had that explosive eruption. So I'm saying that during that, that period, the water was there. And after 79, the water level, visibly, it, it went lower and lower. And at, at, at one point, at some point, you would see it high, I guess, depending on the water table in the crater, so to speak. You would see it higher and uh, on, on some ends and other ends, you would see the water level clearly dropping. So, so how do you know all of this, Sean? By visiting it and, and photos. I did a documentary when I worked at the Agency for Public Information back home on the 19... Two eruption in 2002, we were doing the um, recognition of the 
impact of the, the eruption of 1902. And I learned then by reading some of the data from people like Fleck and a couple of other, other folks, Thomas, I think, and one, one or two other folks who were busy taking information around the time, British and and French people who were very into recording what was happening at the volcano in St. Vincent, and not the volcanoes. Uh, Fletcher, Fletcher is the name, Thomas and there's Fletcher, and so many of these people have written. If you do a Google, you're going to see what they have written about our volcano and others. That is past eruptions. And what I observe is, what I recall is that 1902, when it erupted Melba, sulfur or the ash went as far as Venezuela. And we are talking several nautical miles here. I mean, I know Trinidad from St. Vincent is about an hour flying time. Venezuela would be an hour and a half, two hours, certainly two hours, yeah flying time. So for, for ash to reach that far, it tells you the nature of the impact and also uh, how far the, the volcano impacts the region. In 79, when it erupted, Vol- uh, Barbados experienced ash. And Barbados being maybe something like 100 miles to the east of us, it, that's an indication, again, of the power of the blast. So, so sorry, I have a couple of questions. I always believe history can give lens to the future correct? Yes. And, and you can put some preventative measures in place. So I have a couple of questions. Firstly, those who are in the green and yellow areas, what would the experience be for those individuals? Because I saw recently some imagery of the eruption from 1979. And yes. those who were in the orange and red zones, Mm-hmm. went and stayed in places like i would say or that's right, park that's right specifically that's right. yeah so they went to cabinet park was there not ash covered areas in cabinet park would not the wouldn't the ash go everywhere on the entire everywhere island? and the ash isn't it doesn't hamper living you you clean up and you're back to to, to living again Rainfall obviously would wash it away very quickly. I have some more questions because I've traveled to a, a many of places within the mainland of St. Vincent. How about those people where houses are close to an incline, a hill? Would they experience landslides? You know, would there be, you know, the would land shift and rocks potentially roll down and, you know, impact their house? Well, I'm trying the, to think about the worst-case scenarios. Yes, yes. There have been, you know, historically, though, of course, earthquakes can cause some of what you just referred to to happen. Um, and some people are, in fact, living on, on hillsides and virtual, you know, on the edge of a precipice here or there. But there hasn't been much of that movement of land outside of where the pyroclastic flows have gushed down the sides of the, of the, the mountain, creating what we now call it the dry river area or the, the or coming through Richmond and Walibu areas. And basically, you know, all of the, you know, the falls of Berlin and all of these wonderful things that we enjoy, these streams that we enjoy, many of the waterfalls that we enjoy, they actually flow from the volcano itself. But I should tell you that the volcanoes, in St. Vincent are not just the Lassoufraya volcanoes. There is the Grand Bonhomme. When you're in Maracua and you observe the towering hillsides above you, Grand Bonhomme, that separates Maracua from the village of Beaumont. That is an old volcano. There's Grand Bonhomme and Petit Bonhomme. 
In fact, Marekwa itself, it is um, recorded as a collapsed volcano. So when you drive to Marekwa and you drive around the crater rim, the road in Marekwa, for the most part, whenever you find yourself on the extreme, um, on the higher regions of, of, of Marekwa, you're actually driving around the crater rim. So Marekwa is really one huge collapsed volcano. Some say it was a mud volcano. And then as you move forward and north, you're experiencing other volcanoes. So apart from the, the uh, Grand Bonham volcano area, um, one other that stands out to my mind is Mongaru. In St. Vincent, we tend to call it Mongoro. But Mongaru is another towering peak. This one stands over Georgetown. And it's a, it's a famous area for, or it's a, a known habitat for the Amazona gilding, the, the parrot in that, in that area. And then you get to the Sufre Hills. There's an old crater, which was literally um, decimated in 1902. And then we have this newer one. That one created the 1979 crater. So this, this 1979 crater, or 79 Sufre as we call it, will have significant impact on most of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. But the, the immediate areas, the red zones, people in Sandy Bay, people in Fancy, people in Ouya, um, Spring Village on the, on the western side, Chateaubelay to some extent, those, those people actually see the volcano better than if you're in Sandy Bay. If you're in Sandy Bay, you don't know that there's an eruption as opposed to if you're in Chateaubelay or, you know, in, in Tromoka. You can actually see the activity. And this has been part of the history. So in terms of what has happened historically in Melba, we haven't seen major landslides and stuff like that, except, of course, where there is pyroclastic flows or water flowing because with an eruption also comes water because water is in the volcano. The volcano is also a source of water. It is the source. In fact, the volcanoes are sources of water for St. Vincent Gradients. I have to, you know, Sean reserve some time for us to continue this dialogue and because I feel like I have so much to learn and I thank you so much for like clarifying putting at ease my concerns with the volcano and I'm sure other people share the same concerns as well because you know I always believe that we should deal in facts you know we should look at history and what historically has happened and I say to everybody who, you know, who are in those in potentially impacted areas, the most thing that we can do at this present time is r- risk mitigation and or prepare themselves. Yeah, so, and in particular, listen to the, 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 prof- the professionals, yeah. the experts, the seismologists, the volcanologists, listen to Dr. Robertson and, and the others and, and Nemo and the, the authorities yeah. in St. Vincent and, and follow what they are saying because there is really no need to panic to panic no need to panic visit us at www.greenox.net thank you for listening